This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man back. He's the Attorney General of the great state of Missouri. It's Andrew Bailey. Uh, Attorney General, how are you? Good to see you. Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, really appreciate having you back. There's so much to talk about, but I just got done hearing the news as we record this that House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is now just Representative Kevin McCarthy and no longer the Speaker of the House. Are you surprised by that? You know, I, I'm not. I think that we've seen uh, the government uh, continue and the House continue to spend money like a drunken sailor. I think this uh, imperils our national security. I think it, it, it's dangerous. I look back in history at periods of time like the Weimar Republic in Germany where uh, workers were taking home their daily wages, it, it, you know, the, the quantity of bills in, in wheelbarrows because the, the money was so devalued. It, it's even more dangerous today after the Bretton Accords when all currency is tethered to the American dollar. And so this is, it has the potential to be an international financial crisis at the uh, American government's making. We can't spend more than we make. It's simple yeah. math. No working Missouri family could survive that way, and I think the government needs to be held accountable too, and certainly the leadership in the government. You know, I talked to Rand Paul a little while ago, and he made a very interesting point. We're borrowing money from China to send to Ukraine to help China and Russia become better friends as Russia invades Ukraine. The entire time we're looking at $32, $34 trillion in debt that we can never pay off. What is wrong with us? Yeah, I mean, again, this, and I, I think about it from a state perspective, it imperils working Missouri families uh, that, that go to work every day and work hard. And look, inflation is through the roof right now because the government's printing money uh, like crazy. And so uh, the gas prices are high because of Biden's attack on the fossil fuel industry uh, and, and his demand that we all drive the kind of car he wants us to drive rather than the kind of cars we want to drive. It's a, an attack on our freedom. So, yes. th- you know, these are, uh, these are critical issues. And, and certainly it sounds like leadership's being held accountable. What ability do you have on a state level, and I guess you can sue them over and over, about the out-of-control spending? I think Cloward and Piven, which you probably are aware of, but it's a couple of pinhead uh, college professors back in the 60s came up with the idea of bankrupting the country and then resetting everything where everybody has equal everything. Basically, Marxist, uh, Marxism and socialism is what they wanted. They were laughed out of the room back in the 60s. Now it, looked like, it looks like it's happening. As an attorney general of the state of Missouri, can you somehow battle the federal government from not putting Missourians back? into more debt. Yeah, certainly. And we've we've delivered wins for the people of Missouri on this issue. You know, I was proud to partner with the state of Nebraska to put an end to President Biden's unconstitutional redistribution of wealth called the uh, Student Loan Debt Cancellation Program. Everybody knows debt isn't canceled. Somebody's paying that off. That'll cost the state of Missouri $44 million, but it cost the taxpayers of the United States of America almost a half trillion dollars. We're not going to let Joe Biden saddle working Missouri families with Ivy League debt. Took it all the way to the Supreme Court, delivered a win on that to put a stop to it. Uh, we're fighting back against the Department of Labor's rules on ESG 
and DEI. Again, you know, uh, investors have a, a fiduciary responsibility uh, to protect working families' hard-earned dollars that are invested in those corporations. And so we're in that fight as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you see the, uh, the kind of those more radical impulses of the left that used to be channeled through the House. Uh, and ever, ever since the Democrats lost the House, those have been channeled into an unelected federal bureaucracy, that alphabet soup of government agencies that try to push right. rules and, and, and regulations on the rest of us. And so that's the best way we can fight back. It is Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I know that what the impact is here in Texas with the border being as porous as it is. I know that they're trying to make rules in Washington saying that you have to let them go to work now in individual states. Can you as the Attorney General of Missouri, and I know that you're dealing with illegal immigration too, everybody is. It affects every single state uh, almost equally, to be honest with you. But can you do anything as the Attorney General to stop the ability of those here illegally, maybe on asylum uh, uh, pitches or they're under some sort of parole that was never meant for them, can you stop them from working in Missouri or not? Yeah, I mean, we've got a couple different uh, lines of attack there. Number one, you're right. Every state is a border state at this point. It's making Missouri yeah. communities less safe because President Biden is refusing to protect our national sovereignty. No border, no country. Do your job. Get down right. there. The government is everywhere we're unwanted and nowhere we're needed. So President Biden's going to tell you you got to drive an electric car or work on a rule to ban your gas stove, and yet can't do the very thing that he's uh, empowered to do and is re- required to do, which is secure our southern border and national sovereignty. We right. filed two lawsuits, number one, to end abuse of the parole process. That parole process is intended for individualized determinations, not to allow large swaths of people into this country. It perverts the rule of law. We're putting a stop to it. We filed suit to demand that he use the money Congress appropriated to finish the border wall. He tried to use endless procedural chicanery in the form of environmental impact studies to get around it. Uh, The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has allowed that suit to go forward. We're going to push on it. The other thing, we've got an uh, illegal worker program in the state of Missouri. We've already put out a public service announcement on that where people can report unlawful workers that create an unfair competitive advantage uh, to our office for investigation. And also, it is a felony in the state of Missouri to knowingly knowingly transport an unlawful criminal alien. And I think we might be one of the last states in the nation to have that kind of law in the books. And, uh, you know, we're going to enforce the laws that we have at our disposal to put a stop to, to it. Fentanyl, human trafficking, these are plagues upon our society that are brought in, in by the cartels that have control of the border because Biden refuses to take control. All great answers. It's Attorney General Andrew Bailey for the great state of Missouri. Here's something interesting to me. Here in Texas, they can't remove, like the Attorney General Ken Paxton cannot just remove a DA. They just can't do it. He's got to ask the legislature to take up. The legislature has to say, yeah, maybe we can, maybe we can't. And we've got, I'm talking Dallas County, Bear County, where I am in San Antonio, uh, in Harris County. You've got Soros-funded DAs all over this state, and it's very, very hard to remove. In your state, can you just say you're fired? Because well, you, you just did that, didn't you? Yeah, we, we successfully removed the uh, Soros-backed prosecuting attorney in the city of St. Louis who was unlawfully refusing to do her job. 96% of crimes reported she wouldn't charge, uh, she wouldn't file charges on. So she's only doing about 4% of the, the, the work. Simultaneously, wow. during on taxpayer time, she was taking nursing classes. She has a statute that requires her to devote her full time and energy to her discharge of her official duties not further her nursing degree. Wow. So this was an important lawsuit to have her removed. It was ultimately successful. And the court certified that n- essentially not filing cases and not notifying victims pursuant to the victims' rights statutes and constitutional amendment were cognizable claims. In other words, these are grounds for removal under the statute that authorizes me to take action. And uh, we will continue to use those statutes where necessary, uh, proud to deliver to win there, restore the rule of law and find justice for victims in the city of St. Louis. 542 businesses had left downtown St. Louis. This wasn't, I mean, not. The blood in the streets, the victims who wouldn't receive justice in court, but from an economic development standpoint as well, this was hindering the entire state and the entire region.
Right, and, and that's a major problem. Uh, what's interesting to me is that, and I believe that it was your predecessor that, that brought this up first to me. It, it might have been you, to be honest. I guess in Missouri, if you don't take prosecutorial action, the case just goes away. So a lot of these people, not only were they not being prosecuted, the cases just died. Yeah, that's right. When she would refuse to show up to court, refuse to show up to trial, there were jury trials scheduled. A jury had been summoned and was right. sitting there waiting for her to start putting on evidence, and she just didn't even show up to court. And these were for homicide cases. This wasn't for, like, a misdemeanor littering. She just wouldn't sit. Attorneys wouldn't show up. The court was going to hold her in contempt. We filed suit to have her removed, and again, proud of the work we did to restore the rule of law, find justice for victims, and hold her accountable for her unlawful refusal to do her job. Attorney General Andrew Bailey, the great state of Missouri. Let's talk about what's happening in schools, and this is happening across the nation, and you're taking action in Missouri. I, I, the, my whole upbringing, I thought that there was a partnership between parents and teachers and schools and principals, and we're going to make the, the most educated, best productive you know, uh, generation of people that we possibly could. When they came out of a public school, that's why we were so happy to fund it. Today, it appears to be us versus them. And uh, those in school, especially those being pushed by teachers unions, don't want parents to be involved at all. In fact, parents can't know about gender, and they can't know about pronouns, and they can't know about somebody got punched in the face today at school. And if you go to a school board, the FBI and the DOJ start investigating you. Why are you going to the school board? Are you a white supremacist? So you've said in Missouri, enough is enough. Parents need to be included. Fill me in on this story. This is all about fighting to protect parents' rights to know what's going on in their schools and have a voice in that process. In Missouri, we don't co-parent with the government. They're the, the, the parents' kids, not the government's kids. And so we had a school district on the uh, fringe of the suburban uh, St. Louis area that was unlawfully closing their meetings in order to adopt a transgender bathroom policy. Now think about that for a minute. These are issues of human sexuality. The whole purpose behind the open meetings law is to ensure that policies adopted by the school are consistent with the parents' values and ensure the safety of the children. If that's done behind closed doors with the parents boxed out, the parents don't get a say in the process. Moreover, the policy that was ultimately adopted behind closed doors explicitly provided that in certain instances parents would not be notified when their children requested to use a different bathroom so wow. we have the school facilitating transgender ideology and boxing the parents out from the ultimate uh, policy decisions and from from the the behaviors not knowing what the the behaviors of the children it's the it's the parents kids not the school's kids and that's what we're fighting to protect when I was 12, and I'm older than you are, but when I was 12, I remember getting sex ed in school. That's the only time we talked about anything having to do with reproduction. And it was just basic, it was biology, here's how babies are born, or here's how babies are created, and so on and so forth. It never was, hey, are you gay or straight? Hey, are you yeah. trans or, or, or you know, normal, cis, or whatever the hell they're calling it today? How did this happen? Did this sneak up on us, Andrew? Because all of a sudden, sexuality, talking about sexuality, pushing a queer agenda, that's what they call it, um, that's the norm now. When did this happen? Yeah. Was I asleep? Well, three points to make here. Number one, in the state of Missouri, just like you're describing, there is a specific statute on point that governs how human sexuality is allowed to be taught in schools. And if it isn't allowed, then it's prohibited. Moreover, the, the plain text of that statute gives the parents an opt-in or opt-out procedure. So parents have to be notified when the human sexuality is going to be taught, how it's going to be taught. It has to be taught within the framework of the statute, within the limitations of the statute, and the parents get a say in that. And uh, But the schools are trying to get around it by claiming, oh, well, this is just a, this is diversity, or this is a transgender bathroom policy, or we're putting a book in a library because it celebrates, uh, you know, a, a diversity. This is diversity education. This is a curriculum on human sexuality. So that's the second point I want to make, which is that yeah. the left celebrates diversity by perverting children and overly sexualizing children in violation of parental rights. And we're not going to stand for it. We're going to fight back in the state of Missouri. And I'm glad that you are. Uh, is, is there a chance that they can win? 
There's no way they can win leaving parents out of major decisions that are happening in school, can they? No, and that's the third point. This school district has to start this process over. They have to open it up and be transparent Good. about it. And before they adopt a school-wide policy, the parents are going to get a say. And we're going to continue to fight for that in this district or anywhere else in the state of Missouri. We're going to put the parents first in the, in the decisions they're making for the, their children. I never understood how we, and I've got five kids, are forced to pay taxes to pay for schools, yet we have no say. And again, I, maybe I was in, in a slumber. I don't remember when that happened because it used to be a partnership. Was this on purpose, do you think, from the teachers' unions, or did, did this organically just happen? No, this school board explicitly did this on purpose, and one of the school board members even said something to the effect of, it's none of the parents' darn business. Wow. The explicit purpose was to deny the parents' ability uh, to have a say in the process, and the superintendent, the evidence we have is that, at least in part, the superintendent pushed this policy that would have prohibited parents from knowing if their kids were uh, wanting to use the, the uh, bathroom of a different gender. And so, again, the, 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 the express purpose here by certain bureaucrats was to deny parents access to the decision-making process and the ultimate outcomes. Not okay, and I'm, I'm glad that you that you brought suit. I'm glad that you took action on it. It is Attorney General Andrew Bailey, great state of Missouri. Missouri v. Biden has been talked about a lot. Most people watching and listening don't know what Missouri v. Biden is. I think they should call it Stop the Government from Restricting Our First Amendment Right to Speak Online um, uh, at... And it's brought by you and it's brought by other states now as well. You had a win on this. Now, CISA, which I don't know what exactly what it stands for. It's an acronym for the basically the governing board in, in, in government stopping us from saying whatever we want online. Um, did you just restrict them? You won the case with them so far, right? Yep, just got another win this afternoon on this case. You know, this is all about prohibiting the federal government from censoring voices on big tech social media platforms. We've got to build a wall of separation between tech and state to protect our First Amendment rights. That's what this lawsuit's all about. We've uncovered a relationship of coercion and collusion from the federal government at the top levels of the White House, uh, targeting conservative voices on big tech for censorship in violation of our right to free speech. We're fighting to build that wall of separation between tech and state. The first brick of the wall was laid on July 4th when we obtained a nationwide injunction putting a stop to the government censorship and protecting our right to free speech. Department of Justice appealed. We went to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and uh, successfully defended the injunction. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals affirmed the trial court's order. Uh, they left out one of the defendants, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Administration, or CISA. We went back to court and said, hey, you forgot one. Include them. Just today, the court did so. CISA is the nerve nice. center of this vast censorship enterprise. That's important to realize. The censorship grew so fast that the government had to develop a new bureaucratic uh, mechanism to control the censorship, and they housed it in CISA. Think about that for a minute. CISA is within Department of Homeland Security, and wow. an agency built in the wake of 9-11 to protect Americans from foreign attack. And here it's been weaponized uh, in a betrayal of our trust and values to attack American voices internally. So this is scary stuff. It's Orwellian. The court has opined as such. And uh, we're going to keep fighting to build that wall of separation between tech and state and defend our right to free speech. For those watching and listening, this wasn't preemptive. This actually was happening. You actually brought the case because they were actively censoring people online. This is not something that you just thought of one day. This was, holy That's crap, right. people in Missouri can't post whatever they want. Yeah, that's right. Now, number one, I can show you in the discovery we've obtained both the emails and the transcripts from the depositions where specific instances of speech were targeted. Take down that post, deplatform that individual. But I can also show you where federal officials demanded that big tech change their terms of service agreements and change their censorship algorithms to satisfy the federal officials' demands. That is censorship in violation of the First Amendment. This isn't Andrew Bailey saying this. This is evidence we've put on in court and that the court saw and believed and agreed with. I'm glad you did. I, I mean, honestly, uh, and, and this is just a very quick personal note. I posted two or three years ago, 
hashtag hydroxychloroquine works because there was a study that came out proving that it was effective against COVID-19. I posted that on Twitter, was suspended, had it bend the knee, had it drop the, the, the actual post or else I couldn't post on there anymore. And now, because of the work you've done, I know a government agency, CDC, NIH, something like that, saw the talk show host, post that hydroxychloroquine works. They couldn't have that because we all have to go and get the shots and the boosters. So they took it down. That's specifically a, a, a case of what you're talking about, right? That is exactly what we're talking about. And it goes further than that. The harm is ongoing. First of all, the Department of Justice is committed to future violations of the First Amendment. That's the whole basis of their appeal is that they've got to be able to continue to censor American voices. But secondly, this is viewpoint discrimination. They're only going after anybody who opposes Joe Biden and his policy positions. But third, think about the harm to the listeners. How many Americans were deprived necessary information upon which to make individual health care decisions during COVID? But this goes beyond COVID. Number four, this is about election integrity. We're moving into an election cycle. And if Joe Biden's allowed to silence dissenting voices, silence any voice in opposition, we're not going to have free, fair and open debate about our elections. That's why it's so important to fight. And the self-censoring is going on now. The harm continues. How many people aren't talking about Donald Trump, aren't talking about election integrity, aren't talking about COVID on big tech because they're afraid they'll be deplatformed or booted off? So the the self-censorship is ongoing and the harm is ongoing because of the government censorship enterprise. So well said. I posted a video the other day where I had Dr. McCullough on talking about the ramifications of getting all the boosters and everything else, and I, Instagram took it down. I had to re- Andrew, I had to redo the video and say, if you got the thing in your arm because of that thing that was making people sick that came from that country, I couldn't even say any words. I had to dance around it. So it's still actively happening, but the end result should be, and I feel very good about this, it should be that they have to take all those restrictions off, right? That's exactly right. The wall of separation between tech and state is the last best measure we have to protect our First Amendment rights on big tech social media platforms. I've got maybe 30 seconds, but I need you to tell me about the St. Louis mayor. She's uh, She said she's going to go after everybody who's got a gun legally. Yeah, not on my watch. We're going to fight to defend the Second Amendment. Article 1, Section 23 of the Missouri Constitution is a robust protection of the right to keep and bear arms. The mayor has indicated that she wants to take away certain guns because she's scared of them. They have aesthetic qualities that she uh, she finds to be frightening. That's That violates the Missouri Constitution wow. and the Second Amendment. We put her on notice. So any further action is going to be a knowing violation of our constitutional rights. We will file suit and put a stop to it because we're going to protect Missourians' rights to keep and bear arms. I love the work you're doing. I love your love for freedom. Thanks so much for doing what you do. It's uh, Attorney General uh, Andrew Bailey from Missouri. Thanks a million. Uh, Andrew, I appreciate it. Come back soon. Hey, thanks for having me on. All the best to you and your listeners. All right, right back at you. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Great to have you. Time for a quick pop culture web. Dirty pop. Long as it's not about Taylor Swift. Polo, what's up? Well, you're in luck. This time it is not. Uh, but but it is something a little weird. Uh, I've never really been a fan of The Bachelor, but apparently ABC has this new hit on their hands. It's The Golden Bachelor. What is that? Old people? Yes. Come on, dude. Yes. Come on, man. I mean, after three days of them, I guess multi-platform viewing you know checking the ratings and stuff yeah. it leaped 206 percent so they 
a total of 7.7 million people watched that show. Gotta go, bike. This is the Joe Pegg Show.